can't just hope that you'll be able to handle those expenses. You have to think about those expenses because some of those can be fairly expensive and they can set you back. You might have to take out a loan that you weren't planning on taking out and that's gonna change everything for you. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and on today's show, we're going to discuss saving for your children. Why you should save for your children? Well, First and foremost, because it is so expensive. Uh, It's estimated that parents are going to end up paying around $233,000 to raise a child from birth to 17 years old. And no, that does not include the cost of college. Yeah, see, I always knew that it was expensive, but I never wanted to do the math because, well, I would probably be depressed if I found out the number. So thanks for waiting and letting me know after my kids are already past that age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so expensive. You want to save for your kids because this is going to be something that will be an 18-year, 200 expense. Mm-hmm. Per child. And that's something that's really important to understand. If you have two or three, you're going to have to double or triple that number. That's right. And so uh, what we really want to do is pass on, in the middle of this episode, also talk about passing on a savings mindset to your children. Yes, that's so you're, key. Yeah, you're going to yep. save for your kids. Uh, you're going to save for their major life expenses, like college, potentially like a car or some missions trips and some different things we're going to talk about. But we also want to pass on that savings mindset so that they're set up for success in the future. So with the cost of college, you know, just a four-year degree, being somewhere between 100000 and 200000 Mm-hmm. Uh, It's pretty crazy. And that depends on whether it's a a public school or a private school, if it's in-state or out-of-state. But you look at room and board, living expenses, living on campus, right? Yeah. Uh, Or living at home, but then you're still going to have to travel, drive in, drive out. Uh, Raising raising kids is expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, just every one of these pieces. So again, like we talked about, that's just for one child. Let's talk about what it looks like in this episode to, to begin to think through all the things that you're going to want to save for, and then how you're going to want to communicate to your kids as you're saving and help them understand what you're doing. Yeah, we really wanted to do this episode because we feel like everything else that we have spoken and brought to you guys over the last three years has been to equip you, to help you to create a plan and live by those four steps to purposeful living so that you can secure your own financial future Well, when you add kids to the equation, if you're in your 30s and just starting out your family and you add kids to the equation, realize that this is an additional expense that you were probably not planning on until just now. And you have to consider not just the college costs, which we'll talk about extensively, you'll have to consider some of the other expenses and the fact that it costs an additional amount every time you add another person to the family. And part of that is to understand that you can't just hope that you'll be able to handle those expenses. You have to think about those expenses because some of those can be fairly expensive and they can't set you back. You might have to take out a loan that you weren't planning on taking out and that's going to change everything for you. So our hope is that by looking at some of these things that you need to start thinking about and preparing for, that you'll be able to set aside a little bit every time, every month, every year to prepare for those expenses when they come because they will come. 
That's right. So the first thing that you're going to want to do, and we're going to be brief on this, but it's something that we always mention, is you need to get a handle of your own financial picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. You have to make sure that you're managing well because you can't start saving for something unless you understand how much margin you have in your current budget. Yeah, can you even do it? And can you even do it? Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is have an accurate picture of your own budget. You've got to make sure that you're spending on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about saving before you spend, increasing your financial margin, and then finally uh, investing wisely. Well, so are you spending on purpose? Do you have, uh, Ashley and I, in our budget, we have short-term savings, medium-term savings, Mm -hmm. long-term savings. And with kids, they fit all of the above categories. Right. There's going to be short-term savings for, even with you know, babies, uh, short-term savings for hospital bills, short-term savings for uh, medical expenses, short-term savings for a crib, for um, you know decorating a room, a recliner that glides, you know something that rocks, all these different yeah. things. Yep. Um, even the mattresses today for kids, the marketing is so good that <laughs> it will make you feel like you have to buy a very expensive of mattress for your child. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So that's short term. But then what about medium and long term savings? You know, long term, you start to think about college, mm-hmm. you start to think about some of these bigger expenses that you're going to have over the life. So you, so putting that into your budget, the first thing you need to have is a budget. <laughs> and then and then making margin to say, okay, this is valuable, I'm going to have these expenses. And if I don't plan for them, it's going to be a problem. So one of the things is sometimes our other lifestyle expenses have gotten so high because we didn't have kids or we weren't planning for these expenses. And so we ended up buying a home that was $300 a month too much. And that took away our ability to save $300 a month towards college, towards buying a car for our kids one day, towards uh, taking care of some of these unexpected expenses. That I say unexpected you can expect around $200,000 per child. Uh, so th- the first thing always starts with your budget. Yeah, I agree. And this is why we do what we do is to help you to make sure you get your own house in order. But as David said at the beginning of the podcast, our desire is that you obviously would, would take these steps to be prepared for these expenses, but also to make sure that as you're doing them, you're equipped then to pass that on to your kids. This is something that instinctively we wanted to do. Once we started managing our money by a plan, we wanted to pass that on to our kids because we look back at our own education as we were growing up and realized there was none. And so that caused us to get into situations we should have never been in. It was painful, it was difficult, and we wanted to spare our kids from having to go through those same experiences. So we wanted to share this with them. So by doing it yourself, by having a good plan, by spending on purpose, saving for your future needs, by building margin, you'll be able to not only prepare yourself for these expenses that are going to come for your children, but also you'll be able to model for them what it looks like to be a person that has a saving mindset. Mm -hmm. Somebody that looks to the future and says, I'm preparing today because future is coming and we want to make sure we're not going to be unprepared for that time. Yeah. So once you've begun to sit down, sit down and work on your budget, our first 10 episodes of Getting Money Right was all about the budget and categories and building a budget. So once you have that in place, uh, the next thing you want to do is open up a savings account for your child. Mm -hmm. 
So your children are going to get money from different sources at different times. Uh, sometimes that source will be you. Sometimes that source will be family. Sometimes that source will be work or just un unexpected additional pieces of income. I mean, you should never know. So you can save their birthday money. You can save their holiday gift money. You can save their chore money. And mm -hmm. that'll be probably a direct transfer from you to them. But the chores, they may go do, um, you know, as they get older, they may mow their um, grandparents' lawn or their neighbor's lawn or, you know, other, they may do helpful, you know, projects, build, create, craft where they sell something. You want to have a place to put that. So you want to have a savings account for your child. And if your child earns an income, then you may even think about opening up a Roth IRA and give them a head start on their long-term savings. Yeah, that's a great idea. Now, I recommend that Roth IRA for those kids because, uh, A, they have very low tax burden because mm -hmm. they're not earning very much unless you have like a child star in your household that is, you know, <laughs> out doing commercials and in TV shows. But in general, they're going to earn very low income in any given year, which means they're going to have almost no taxes to pay. Right, right. And so if you do a Roth, anybody can do a Roth that is... Um, that's putting in, it hasn't earned income. Yeah. And so if you put that Roth, you can take money out of a Roth that you've put in without a penalty. Mm -hmm. So it could be, now it's a, it's an investment account, but it could be a savings account for their vehicle one day. Yeah. You can't take out the money that has grown on the original savings. So let's say that you put in, you know, a thousand dollars and it grew to $1,500 over 10 years. You could take out the original principle that you put in, 1000 mm -hmm. without any penalty from the government. I think the Roth makes a pretty good long-term savings account for your kids, let alone setting up for their, their retirement. I mean, mm -hmm. ideally, they would have another account that's just a bank account where they're saving as well. Uh, but the Roth is a really good place to start. It, it really is because, again, if you can get them started just a few years earlier, that's going to make a huge difference in the long term. And in certain situations, you can use a Roth, even a traditional IRA, to pay for certain things like education expenses or buying their first home or if there are some emergencies. So there are opportunities there. Hopefully, they won't need to use it for those things. They can just leave it in there and make sure that it's, it's putting aside toward their retirement because that's where they really can benefit. It's that compound interest that's going to be for much, much longer than the you know, typical 30 years or so. So that's a real benefit of having a Roth IRA. But just the other things that David mentioned, you know, kids come into money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a grandfather now, so, you know, any chance I get to bless my grandchildren, I'll do it. And I know there's going to be times where I'm just going to slip them a 50. Uh, so if, if you as a parent uh, see that happening in your own family, you know, make a deal with them. Say, hey, every gift you get, 50% mm -hmm. goes into your savings, you know. We did that with our kids. When our kids turned about five and seven, we went to the local credit union we were part of and opened up an account. They had this little, uh, you know, register for every time they put money in. It would They could write it in. They could see their number grow. And this is about building that, that savings mentality into them to help them to see the value of that. And uh, having a savings account is, is, a, is a good first step to do that. Mm -hmm. And you'll do, I'm thinking you'll have a regular savings account for... Uh, the non-earned income, mm -hmm. but if they have earned income from, uh, and you could set up a little business in their name and they could do work around the city and have earned income going into that business. 
And now they have an earned income and that can go into the Roth. But then if they're doing chores around the house, that's not business. Right. That's chores around the house. And so that is going to have to go into a regular savings account. So now you're teaching your kid about long-term savings through mm-hmm. the Roth. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching your child about being a small business owner, entrepreneurism, and and you're going to do age appropriate. They're not going to be rocket science day one. You know, this is real simple. Um, but you're teaching them the long-term saving. You're teaching them the short-term saving. And I love what Leah said. You're going to have money that comes into their bank accounts in a number of different ways. So go ahead and set up for it now. Yeah, that's really good. So some of the other ways that your child will experience the need for finances in the future that you'll probably be responsible for, uh, we want to touch on some of those because if you're not prepared for these things, then there is a possibility that you'll do them anyway because you're a good parent and you want to help your kids and you want to be generous toward your children, but it might be at your own detriment. So let's talk about some of the things that might come that if you begin to save for those things and even your kids contribute to that saving, uh, then you can get and have those experiences while not financially wrecking your own finances. So uh, say for some of your other child's life's experiences. So one of those is some unique vacations that you might want to take. Maybe when your kids get a little bit older, you decide, hey, we're not just going to go to Disney World. We'll take a European vacation or something like that. So it's about saving for some of those experiences, vacations, maybe a mission trip. If you really want to teach your kid to be more globally minded, to understand what Uh, kids in other countries are going through and to really have a more of a balanced uh, understanding of how blessed they are to live in the United States. Mm -hmm. A mission trip is a great opportunity to help your kids expand that understanding. They become more grateful. They're better students. There's so many positive things that can come out of that. And a mission trip is going to cost them maybe a thousand, maybe $2,000, maybe more depending on where they're going. And so saving for that and helping them to also contribute to that is a great way to prepare for those kind of expenses so you don't have to foot the bill yourself, possibly taking it out of your own finances that should be set aside. Yeah, well, and you're, they're going to learn certain lessons by you working with them to save money for these things, and then they invest as well mm-hmm. in that trip, in that missions trip, that vacation. Because even if you take your family on vacation, um, there's going to be things that the kids want to do mm-hmm. that are outside of what was planned in the vacation. Right. And if you've intentionally started teaching your children to save money for the fun times on vacation, mm-hmm. then when they're an adult, they will have the value in their mind and heart of enjoying time off and taking a vacation. That was something that was hard for me to learn. So uh, I, you know, I'm thinking of Anywhere you go, there's going to be little add-ons that you can do. Mm-hmm. If you do an all-inclusive in Mexico, you can always add on uh, jet skis. You can always add on snorkeling. You can always add on the adventure park. You know, if you go to Florida and you're just walking around, you can always add on ice cream. You can always add on, you know, going to play miniature golf. There's just fun things that you can do on vacation. It maybe you're working with your kids to save up for some of those little add-ons that they want to add on to the vacation. Uh, maybe that sounds a little bit too heavy for you. Then start thinking about the missions trips or studying abroad as they get older. And if your child has set money aside and then they are making the choice to invest in a missions trip, and maybe they don't pay the full cost of it. Maybe the cost is you know $1,000 and they pay $250 or they pay $100, whatever it ends up being but they have some skin in the game and you're just teaching them to invest in things that matter. Um, Studying abroad as they get older, so many kids 
are going to want to go do something, experience something new. And as a parent, you're going to want them to have those experiences. So just think through the process of what are these I'm going to call them unexpected because your child may be more leaning towards a study abroad. Your child may be leaning more towards a missions trip. Your child may be leaning towards buying a piece of equipment for a small business that they want to start. And let's say they want to start doing woodworking. They're going to need a saw, you know, miter saw. They're going to need a circular saw. They're going to need um, all sorts of, of just pieces of equipment that could help. It could be photography. It could be videography. But having that money set aside, we're saying there's tons of different places this could go, but teaching them that skill early on Mm -hmm. and being intentional to invest in that sense of ownership is really important. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of other areas that you might be considering or might come across as far as needs uh, are maybe studying abroad. I had a friend who really wanted to have each one of his children study abroad at least one semester or a year. And part of that was for them to apply for scholarships to make sure that at least most of the funding was coming from that. But part of it, he had to provide for them. They were minors or they were college age, I should say. And so he was funding uh, their housing, their expenses. So even though they got to go, there was still a cost that he and his wife had to provide for. So studying abroad is going to have some expenses, even if some of it's covered. And this is something you should be saving for if that's a desire you have. And another one is, of course, saving for a car. This is something that We knew our kids were going to drive, and we thought, okay, so what's the best way that we can afford to do this in a way that both teaches them that responsibility of taking ownership of a vehicle, which has a lot of responsibilities. It's just not just taking care of the car, but it's also the safety of driving well and all those things. So we wanted to make sure that they understood the value. We didn't just want to hand them keys and say, here you go, you're 16, you have the right now. We wanted to build something more out of that experience. So when they were about eight or nine, we began to start, you know, 10, 11, we started to say, hey, you know, you should be saving more. You're only a few years away from wanting a car. And we decided that we're going to match 100% of what they would save up to a certain amount. And uh, we stayed true to that. We did provide half of what, you know, well, matched whatever they had in order to get their first car. We did that for both of our girls. And it was very helpful because it, it taught them that, they had to put some skin in the game. And it was really something that we've seen them take care of their cars more so now than I think would have happened had we not done that. So it's, it's again, it's another opportunity to teach them something that's more of a life value while also helping them to do something they want. They're going to want a car, especially if they're boys, they're really going to want a car. So the sooner you can start that, the better. I love that. Awesome. Well, the next thing that we want to look at is saving for your children's college expenses. And this is a really big one. So there's an awesome uh, blog that Leo put together on leosabo.com called How to Prepare for College Expenses. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hit some of the highlights and we'll we'll get some good meat in here. But I highly recommend you go to Leo's website, leosabo.com, go over to the blog section and just search college expenses. And it'll come up with this blog of how to prepare for college expenses. We're going to walk through a little bit of that. Also, some other things we've added. And the first thing that I want to highlight is just the 529 plan. Mm-hmm. 529. That's the that's the name of the plan in the tax code that allows you to set up a special savings account inside of an investment account. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's an investment account that is specifically set aside for college savings. So it has a few tax advantages. And so look for the 529 plan. You can start this in 
any major brokerage. You could start one at Vanguard. You could start one at Fidelity. You could probably start one through your bank, but I don't recommend that because banks usually don't have the best investment funds to choose from. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to invest in a 529 plan, you really want to have at least five years of time to invest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully so, more, but hopefully a minimum more. of five, yeah. Right, a minimum of five. So you, if you can start your 529 plan before age 13, that is great. Or age 13 or earlier, that's great. Uh, if not, then you may want to do just a regular high-yield savings account yeah, at yeah, your bank. you don't have the ability to risk right. losing anything, so you have to be more careful when you're that close to the actual start of the college. That's right. So, okay, let's let's say that you go over to Vanguard, you open up a 529 plan. You All you have to do is Google Vanguard, type in 529 plan, click open account, and you'll just fill out the paperwork. It's basically another account inside of Vanguard, just like you would have another account at your bank. It's not complex. It's not super difficult. What you do is you would invest that money into, I don't know, maybe the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. And if you have more than five years, then most likely, I think 90% of the time in any five-year period, it's going to earn money. Um, over 10 years, it's like 98% of the time or 97% of the time. So that's why we say have a long time horizon. The money that grows in that account, you do not have to pay taxes on. That's the benefit of the 529 plan. So if your child is, is just born, you open up a 529 plan, uh, you save from age zero to age 18. And let's say you put in, I'm, I'm going to go with a basic number here, $1,000 a year for those 18 years. You'll have put in 18000 by the end of that time. But the account will likely be worth 30000 40000 somewhere in there. And if that's true, that means that the money grew almost double. And that's just, this is a simple, I'm, I'm making up a simple illustration, but if it has doubled, you don't have to pay any taxes on that extra 20000 That's a pretty sweet deal there. That's awesome. So, so that's why you would use a 529 plan. Now, you don't have to use, you don't have to pay taxes on it if you use that money for qualified college expenses. That's okay, right. so that's, that's right. where it gets a little tricky. This is, you're, you're planning on your kids going to college or to some other educational institution. Uh, some trade schools will work, some other educational expenses will work that aren't just college. Um, but we're talking about tuition, fees, books, room and board will absolutely work. Those are college expenses. Any qualified education expense, you do not have to pay taxes on as you take that money out. And I love that. Um, now, contributions to a 529 plan, if you put your money into it, it's not tax deductible like a retirement account might be. If you do a traditional retirement account, then you don't have to pay federal income taxes on the amount that you set into a retirement account. Okay, just to explain that, what it really means is that you're putting money in after you've earned it, but you can't write that off so that you don't pay taxes on it. So if you, let's say, contribute $5,000 toward it, then that $5,000, it cannot be taken off your taxes or your earned income, but for an IRA, it can. For a 529, it can't, but for an IRA, it can. So just so you know, it's after-tax dollars. Yeah, it's after tax dollars, and that's important. Just because you, you, I just we just want you to understand that the the value that you're getting is that the increase in the investment, like mm -hmm. the money that has earned money on itself, 
that is what you're not paying taxes on. Right. But you still pay taxes on the money as you put it into the account. So uh, it, it's not as good as a traditional um, retirement account or a Roth IRA, but it's better than putting it just at the bank mm -hmm. because the goal mm -hmm. is for this money to be invested and to make money on itself. Right, right. One of the other great benefits is that you can put up to $15,000 into the 529 plan. Uh, that is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, it, that is per year. And so let's say you're trying to play catch up. Like that's a lot of money you can put in there. Now, I think that if you had less than five years, you probably wouldn't want to be putting all that money into a 529. You'd want to just put it into a regular savings account right? because it's not going to grow dramatically. And if it's invested in the S&P 500, the S&P 500 can go down in value. And so you don't want to lose money on your investment in less than five years. Um, over five years is where it typically makes money. The other great thing that's important to know is, again, I just want to highlight, it's easy to set these up. It's just like opening up a new bank account at your bank. You're just doing it through a broker like Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab or you know pick any of the major brokers that are out there. Um, it's a little bit of paperwork. There are sometimes some fees related, so you want to look at that. There is another great financial expert. His name is Clark Howard. And Clark Howard has a 529 plan guide. So if you should go to Google and type in Clark Clark Howard 529, uh, it'll come up with his guide and it'll tell you the best plans to use with the lowest fees, the easiest systems. Um, it's very simple if you're getting serious about this. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and in the article that I wrote, how to prepare for college expenses. There are also other ways to save for college. So if, you know, this is not the only way, it's just one of the most popular, easiest ones to set up. There are some very specific state saving type of uh, opportunities that you have. Just be careful as you're thinking about it. You know, your child might have different desires to go to different colleges. If you're thinking, well, they're going to go to UTA and I'm just going to go and start prepaying the tuition there and saving that way, you can. But what if your child doesn't want to go there? The more general your savings and a 529 provides that, the better. And you could still have the resources to be able to provide the funding for the college, regardless of where they end up going. They might not want to go to a four-year college. They might want to go to a trade school that would still qualify because you could still use a 529 plan for that type of uh, education. That's right. And then I'm going to add in this. I think that the most versatile way to save long term is the Roth IRA. Now, that's where you pay taxes on a retirement account today. So it's a retirement account. It's an individual retirement arrangement, an mm -hmm. IRA. Mm -hmm. The Roth means that you pay taxes on it today, but that it grows tax free and you take the money out tax free. Yeah. If you are looking at your budget, as we talked about, and you determine that you only have $500 to set aside for college savings, retirement savings, other savings, I would personally recommend you put all of that money into the Roth IRA because you can do up to $6,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And if you're married, then you can have a spouse IRA, even if they're not working, because typically you have to earn income to do a Roth IRA. And so if one of you is earning income, then you can do two separate Roth IRAs. So you could do up to $12,000 a year, but that money, it goes in tax-free and it comes out tax-free. 
And you can take the money that you've contributed into it out to pay for major expenses. Now, that is not, you do not want to touch money just, um, you don't want to take money out of your retirement accounts for random expenses. Right. This is where it gets a little bit tricky, but... Well, they're not designed for that. So not designed you don't want it. to grab onto it and think, oh, this is a good way to invest and save so that I can buy a house. No, there are different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more of that long-term horizon. Right. And, and the benefit is that you leave it alone and it's right. building over time. When exactly. You, when you take it out, then you just threw all of that opportunity and that benefit away. Mm-hmm. But the incredible thing here is that it's a great long-term savings. You're planning for retirement. And the important thing is that you don't forget to prioritize your own retirement savings mm-hmm. over some of these major child expenses that you're going to have for your kids. Right. Because your kids have a lot of opportunities for their own, to take care of themselves financially. They'll have a whole lifetime to do it, just like you did. That's right. And honestly, most of us have have had to take care of a lot of our major expenses in Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Most people listening to this podcast had to pay for their own college. Most people listening to this podcast had to pay for their first car, or at least the majority of their college and the majority of their first car. Most people listening to this podcast had to work their way through school. I mean, I know there are some people who have their parents pay, and we want to be able to encourage you to pay for your kid's college. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But do realize that you paying for your kid's college is not as important as you being able to eat and have a roof over your head in retirement. Absolutely. Because the last thing you want to do is go into retirement and then have to move in with your kids right after they move out of college. And it's like, oh, I paid for your college, but now I got to move in with you. Yeah. That's a weird deal. It is a weird deal. Yeah. And and here's the other thing. We all want to provide for our kids. I think in this generation, more than any other, uh, we've probably overdone it in that area. We've been blessed, so we want to pass it on. And we don't want our kids to have it as hard as potentially we might have had as we were growing up. But college expenses don't have to be 100% covered by you, especially if you have three or four or more kids. It's not reasonable to think that an average income can pay for, you know, $200,000 per child plus add another $100,000 plus for every college uh, tuition. That's just not reasonable. Just some pre-planning allowed you to think this through and realize this is not doable. So what can we do? But you always start. We started this episode with saying, start with you first. Mm-hmm. Get a an assessment of where you are financially. If you need a budget, get on a budget. Build margin so you can save. And then be reasonable in your plan. Don't be overzealous and don't be too sacrificial on your end. I see too many parents that have taken out loans later in life in order to put their kids through college, and they're still paying them because they wanted to help their kids, but in the end, they hurt themselves. And you don't want to do that. Your kids do not want you to have to move in with them when they don't want to take care of you when you're in your 60s and 70s. I don't know that they'll be able to. And so don't leave that up to someone else. Take care of yourself. Yeah. That's that's the good and the right thing to do. Well, if you want to see exactly how much you should be saving for your children, uh, go over to leosabo.com and check out that blog that we talk about, How to Prepare for College Expenses, because in it, he's got a great breakdown of the overall cost of college and how much it's going up year over year. So it actually breaks down. He's got a good Excel sheet that he's created, a nice calculator that shows hey, what is the average cost of college going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, by the time your kid is ready for college, so you can know what you need to save for. And then he's done a good sample investment 
um, of starting with $1,000 and then having 10 years to save, how much you would want to save per month to get to the number that it's most likely going to take to pay for your kid's college. So I would highly recommend going over to leosabo.com, checking out that blog on how to prepare for kids' college expenses. All you have to do is search college expenses on the website and it'll come up and you'll see the charts. Uh, I've got them here in front of me. It's really, really helpful. And uh, we're also going to put a great link to a guide on bankrate.com that also talks about how to save for your child. So just a few extra resources that talks to the different kinds of savings accounts, uh, the 529 included. There are other ones out there, and we didn't have time to talk about them today, but we think that the 529 is usually a pretty safe bet for you to start at. Um, and other than the fact that I would say really the Roth IRA, you want to make sure you're taking advantage of all the Roth dollars that you can, because even in a major emergency, you could take that money out without paying a penalty and without paying taxes, what you contributed in principle. So I hope that's been helpful for you today. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope it was helpful to you. And if you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast, either on Apple Podcast or any other podcast app that you're using. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate or leave us a review. Uh, we'd love to increase the algorithm so more and more people find out about getting money right and can benefit from the content that we're producing. To gain access to this podcast, show notes, financial tools, and other relevant content, you can visit leosabo.com where you can find me and everything that I'm doing. David, where can people go to find out what you're up to these days? Yeah, come over to stewardshippastors.com. Check out the book, Jesus on Money. And uh, just spend some time with me there. There's a lot of helpful tools, resources. There's ways to contact me. You can check me out on social media. Again, just David Thompson on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, david.thompson624. And uh, it's, there's a lot of David Thompsons in the world. So that <laughs> 624 turns out it matters. Um, but just come spend some time with me. I recommend checking out stewardshippastors.com and seeing what we're doing to help churches and Christians to steward and manage well. Um, there's a biblical perspective there, and I love it. So come check us out there. We also want to make you aware that we are going to do something very significant starting early next year, which is to start a beta course. We actually started promoting this with our last episode, that we really want to educate people on how to practically live out these principles that we've been talking about all of these years. And our desire is really just to build the best course that we can. Mm -hmm. And we think the best way to do that is to start out with just a few families that we're right now taking applications for this beta course. Uh, there's not going to be a cost, but there is a commitment. So we do ask that you would fill out that application. If you can commit to this, we're going to start it at the beginning of February. That's when we're going to start the actual course. And it's going to be something that is going to be very hands-on. David and I will meet with you guys on a weekly basis, answer your questions, walk through this process with you, and ensure that you are putting a good financial plan in place for you and your family to reach your goals and to accomplish the things you want to accomplish financially. Uh, we're also going to ask that you give us some feedback. So as we go through this, there's going to be an exchange. We're going to provide you with a lot of information, with the support to get there. But we're also going to ask that you would give us feedback on how is it working? What else do you need? What do you think is missing? Because that's the best way that we can find out what will actually work for you guys. So it's our desire to really build a great course. 
And so we're using this beta course in order to gather the information that I think will make it the best possible. That's right. We want to give you the opportunity to come hang out with us, mm -hmm. spend time with us. Uh, we're looking for a handful of folks to walk with us for over a month and go through this process. And we'll be interacting. We'll have live Facebook connections. We'll have a small group community where we can talk and probably some phone calls, some ongoing dialogue. We're building this course and we want your input and your thoughts. So we want a handful of people to go through the course with us to help us make sure that we don't miss anything. So we're inviting you to be a part of that process. And we'll put a link in the show notes to where you can uh, fill out and apply to go through the course, this beta introduction. Because if, uh, if this is something that you've been enjoying listening to Getting Money Right, and you're like, man, I wish I could spend a little bit more time with David and Leo and go a little bit deeper in my personal financial education, this is the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So come spend some time with us. If you're interested in this beta course, we have a link in the show notes where you can apply to be one of the participants. All you have to do is just hit the link, provide some basic information, answer a couple of questions, and we're going to take just a few families. So if you're interested, please go ahead and apply for that as soon as you can, because we're going to make our decision by the end of this year. So just in a couple of weeks. Well, we thank you for joining us for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. So you want to have a savings account for your child. And if your child earns an income, then you may even think about opening up a Roth IRA and give them a head start on their long-term savings.